Hello, hello. Good morning, everyone. Let me get rid of that. Hope you're all awesome and well. There we go. Morning, morning, morning. Welcome to another Wealth Coffee Chat, folks. Good to see you. Marvellous Monday. Got a few of the early birds up and at it already, so that's good to see. Morning, Chris. How are you, mate? Good to see you in the house. There's Luke, James, Tim. Howdy, folks. Howdy, team. I hope you're all well. I'll do the quick warm-ups while, uh, or quick intros while things are warming up. Jason Witten's my name. Most of you know that already. But if you don't know, there you go. It's on the screen. You won't forget it. Well, maybe you will. Who knows? But uh, welcome along. This thing we do here, Wealth Coffee Chats, in the morning, 10 past 8. Weekdays usually. Well, I haven't done it on a weekend, I can tell you that one. But uh, usually, 10 past 8 in the mornings during the week. We get together and have a bit, of, a bit of a talk about the idea of property investing. Property investing, have a couple of coffees and, uh, you know, chew the fat, talk about what is going on, ideas, pontifications, opinionations. I don't even know if that's a real word, but at the end of the day, um, the idea that property investing is uh, something that takes time is the default understanding and position here at this little morning chat. And uh, we've got to go the distance. We've got to go the distance. And uh, sometimes, sometimes it takes a bit of effort to uh, buy something really well. Don't sell it. Uh, and, uh, you know, navigate the, uh, the, the twists and turns of life. Anyway, there you go. Welcome along. If you're new, say hello in the chat. Give us a shout out. Let us know where you're coming in from. And, uh, yeah, hopefully enjoy the catch-up today. Got a fair few people already in the house. Alex, morning to you. Brendan, g'day, mate. Sonia, fantastic to have you here. David, yes, well, sometimes when you, uh, yeah, you can see, Brendan, that uh, some of the uh, what we call our number one menace when it comes to property investing, uh, politicians and governments can uh, really uh, cause a little bit of uh, uncertainty. But today we're going to see if we can navigate a bit of that idea or, you know, zoom out and have a look at the big picture. Today I wanted to talk to you guys about the idea of the migration of money. I've talked about this a few times, um, you know, touched on it the other night at our mentoring and coaching program, I thought I might do a little refresher on it because, you know, it's worth understanding as we roll through and build our property portfolio, a few things to understand. If you're new to this, fantastic. If you're, you know, a bit more experienced, then fantastic too. Uh, there's plenty of things that uh, apply when we talk about the idea of migrating our money. Uh, and ultimately, folks, put this one in the chat for me. Ultimately. Ultimately, what is the financial? Uh, what's the financial outcome? The, the pen, penultimate. I don't know if that's the right word. Penultimate. Uh, what's the outcome? What's the destination? What's the thing that you want from your property portfolio? Yes, you want your property portfolio to grow in value. That's important. But ultimately, what is it that we are asking of our assets? into the future. In the short term, it's not as important, but in the medium to long term, it's important. This is the thing that we want. We want some cash flow. You're dead right, Tim. And, and you know, we want cash flow. We want income. Yep. Um, we want some freedom. 
and often, you know, a comfortable life for sure. Um, you know, those things are provided by assets. Now, we're choosing property uh, or maybe even a combination. And, uh, you know, this conversation today about the migration of money is about, you know, tuning and tweaking that as we go. So let's dive into the chat. There's five ways or five pieces that I want to talk to you about today. And the first migration of money is the migration of location. Location. And that is, now there's my, I've pre-drawn my Australia there. Not too bad, I reckon. One of my better cracks at it um, <laughs> as, as we go. But there's two parts to the migration of money and wealth when it comes to property and its location, folks. It's location. Now, number one, number one. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Sonia. <laughs> I, I spent hours pre-drawing that. Uh, there you go. Listen, um, number one, let me tell you a quick story. And, and few of you have heard this. Many years ago, I purchased a property in uh, Kalgoorlie and um, I purchased it, um, you know, just under $100,000. It grew to $285,000. I was pretty happy. That was a short period of time uh, in its its growth. And I had a question for that property. You know, would that property continue to grow, let's say, from 285 to, let's say, 500? And my answer was no, it wouldn't because the location, the location, let's say, the the state and or the um, – the location and or the suburb and town was restricted and or maybe a little bit, you know, mining related, uh, mining related, um, uh, mining related exposed. All right. So uh, many of you know this. And if you don't, then you're hearing it for the first time. I sold that property. Bum, bum, bum. Wait up, Jason, you sold the property. Yes, I did. Um, there are sometimes a few reasons to do that. Uh, but by and large, folks, my idea uh, the easier idea these days is to buy something really well in a good a good spot that you want to keep forever. Now, does that always work? When we're starting out, our budgets uh, aren't as uh, aren't as big as we might, let's say, like them. You might want to buy a better location. You might want to buy a better property. So this is the idea of the migration of money. Now, over time, we do migrate our money. Uh, in one way, shape, or form. All right. So the idea is, I sold that property. I took some profits, uh, and I migrated that money um, to a three-bedroom, two-bathroom, you know, two-car garage apartment right on the water in Queensland. Okay. So that apartment now is worth, you know, uh, almost nine hundred thousand dollars, eight ninety or something. I got the valuation the other day. So, you know, um, happy days. Happy days, folks. You know, that is one version of migration of money. Um, and uh, is there any properties in your portfolio that are in locations right now? And you've got to get a bit of a, you know, a time frame, a bit of a runway on this, um, you know, a bit of a time frame of, you know, potentially there's a, an upgrade, a migration of, where you started, you know, maybe budget-wise uh, or, you know, education-wise or knowledge-wise or choice-wise, you purchased that property in the beginning. It's done its thing. It's done its thing. Now what? Now what with that property? Because even with properties well-located, and we'll talk about that in a minute, uh, you know, there's there comes a time where you go, okay, what do I do with it now? 
all right, because you want it to be in, in tip-top shape. So I chose to migrate my money uh, to a location for growth and or income, okay, much more income over there. I think it's now, I'm pretty sure it's like renting for 750 or something, 780 or something like that. So pretty happy with that. That was a good choice for me, you know. I think it's 15 years later. Um, I still have that property, you know. Now, you know, I am considering the, that property now in my portfolio, and I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but the other one we talk about often, let's call this, you know, I'll, I'll call this the CBD. Um, you know, sometimes, let's say, we might be uh, further away. Let's say we're, you know, 40K away from the CBD. And it doesn't have to be even the CBD, folks. It can be infrastructure you want to be closer to. You know, often um, the further you are away from infrastructure, the the slower the rental growth, okay? So the income. So income growth over there and capital growth uh, was slower. Uh, and this uh, ultimately was better and more consistent, bigger population, et cetera. And then the distance from the city often, um, or let's say beaches or jobs particularly, it's, it's usually folks in and around the income is better when you're closer to jobs. You know, you, you don't have to, you know, uh, you know, these days with cars and transport and, you know, even now with work from home. So, you know, what's the question there? Is there a, you know, is there a conversation around uh, migrating your assets uh, closer to infrastructure that will accelerate the income a little bit better. All right, so that's first one. So migration, either using a state or um, suburb, you know, linked to infrastructure and those sorts of conversations. So that's the first one as we go, um, uh, as we go along. Right, here we go. The next one is the uh, migration of a property when it's a bit old. Now, what do you do? All right. So, you know, when your property, you know, is 20, 30, you know, sometimes 40 years old, you know, what now? What happens to that property when it, it with its income earning potential? Now, see my sad old house? Even look, look at this. I put some effort into these drawings for you folks this morning. <laughs> Uh, there you go. Um, uh, what happens? What happens to that property? You know, when uh, it gets a bit older, uh, even if it is in a good location, often those properties will fall behind in their earning potential. Okay, um, and uh, uh, this is an interesting one, right? So the the property, um, and let's call this the old to new now. What's there's a couple of ways to do old to new. There's a there's a way you can, you know, you could sell your property and then buy another one. Or what else could you do, folks? Yep, yeah, boom. Tim's already over it. Yeah, <laughs> Tim. I, I think I'll I'm going to go on a holiday, Tim. I'll get you to run the show. I think when I'm away. Nice work. Reading my mind. Um, you know, you could sell, but certainly, you know, renovate. You know, update your property, okay? Every property that you own will, uh, if you want it to stay on track value-wise, uh, income-wise, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, will need, um, 
will need some improvement, will need some maintaining, and sometimes, you know, maybe a significant update, folks, with the property. Now, uh, depending, and this is, it's interesting too, like, you know, um, depending on the age of the property and its its land size and what we might call the highest and best use, let's say apartments are usually maximised when it comes to highest and best use. You know, townhouses sometimes um, aren't, you know, you can add barbecue areas and bal- uh, not balconies but decks and stuff like there. And, and then houses you can add a bit more, you know, another bedroom, et cetera, et cetera. Highest and best use of that property, you know, uh, that's the conversation. Uh, highest and best use, okay, for all of your property. And, and this is sometimes I like this, you buy something now that you know in maybe 5, 8, 10, even 15 years' time, you might maximise its value um, and, um, you know, get that that pop of value, that, that pop of income um, out of that property. So old to new, how can you do that? Either keep the property and improve it or, you know, um, upgrade to a better asset okay and you know at the end of the day that might be really important to appreciate depending on your situation certainly certainly these conversations these five uh migrations of money aren't isolated into just one thing folks um as we go now one uh one of the migrations so this you know this is sort of your you know old to new conversation here old to new okay when it comes to uh, those things. Now, the next one uh, is a conversation of how can we migrate our money and uh, it's a conversation about keeping the asset and migrating the money or the value or the wealth that's in that property, um, let's say, out to either buy another one or do something with. You know, Let's say you buy a property um, you know, and you do an 80% loan uh, over time that property grows in value over time. Your debts go down, and uh, over here, you guys have seen this. This is where you've got a significant amount of equity. Equity, all right. And we talked about this the other night. Another way to uh, migrate your money um, from the asset is keep the asset. You don't have to physically do anything to the property itself. You're not up upgrading it. Um, you're not uh, selling it, you know, you're not anything. You're uh, re- uh, releasing the money via equity, loan-to-value ratios and borrowing, okay? So borrowing is a, a really important thing to master and be able to do. And you guys heard me talk about this the other night when, uh, you know, going through the the sort of the stages and ages in life, you know, when you're, you know, in your 50s, it's really important to make sure that you reset the loans, um, you know, out another 30 years if you're considering retiring in the next 10 or 15, all right? So uh, why would we do that? Even if the loans are low, even if you've only got a 20% loan-to-value ratio, you want access to your equity and dollars without having to be forced to sell a property and, uh, you know, end up with, capital gains, tax, and other things that you might not want to do, all right? So remember, loan-to-value ratios, equity releases, equity locks, et cetera, et cetera. That's another way to migrate your money 
out of the asset into other assets, folks. Um, and um, uh, the fourth way, let's quickly talk about this one, which is, which is in you know, to be honest, in simple terms, yep, gives you more options for short term. So in simple terms, you know, let's say in the acquisition phase um, and, and let's say in the lifestyle phase, there's some, uh, there's some competing priorities, okay? So in the acquisition phase, as an individual, this is like two individuals over here, um, as an individual, you have a varying tax rate, okay? Uh, tax rate. As individuals, you have a varying tax rate. You can do some, you know, depreciation and some negative gearing and so on, which is useful for, uh, for us in our PAYG uh, world often. Uh, in acquisition and as individuals, you can you can borrow a little bit better. You can get sort of ninety percent plus your interest rates. Uh, you know are, are are a bit lower, um, and there's a bit more flexibility in the acquisition stage when it comes to individuals. Okay, uh, and there are some you know tax benefits when it comes to you know capital gains tax, but you know at the end of the day, you know that is um, that's really predominantly around your own home. However, over here in the lifestyle stage, there are structures, there are ways to own these properties. This is kind of like, you know, ownership, okay? Uh, ownership. Uh, ownership. So, you know, uh, where in retirement do we have uh, ownership that gives you potentially, you know, a threshold of, of zero uh, tax, you know, and zero, you know, CGT? Um, is is super right so you might be over here using your assets to using your individual capacity to purchase properties but uh, if you owned it in your super then you know it would be lower okay so the migration potentially in the future maybe maybe folks maybe uh, and this is uh, this is something you really got to talk to a financial planner about you know Andy or Anthony reach out to you know the team that we recommend um, and if if you've got a great one, then have a conversation about them, you know, with them. Um, uh, you know, at some point, you might choose to transition, migrate some of your money from certain types of ownership, individual ownership or, or other structured ownership into, you know, uh, more tax effective ownership. You know, um, this is the company trust, you know, uh, company trust over here. Now, that may or may not be applicable, but again, this is a certain tax, you know, certain tax up here, and then you want to reduce the ownership longer term. If you reduce it, you know, if, if, if the tax you pay is 30% and then you get the, some of that money into your, you know, into a better, more efficient structure, then you're making much more in-the-pocket money, right? That, that makes sense. Makes sense. I hope it makes sense to you listening in. Uh, and last but not least is the idea that and this is kind of the combination, culmination of what we're talking about when it comes to when we're a little bit older in life. So we're, let's say, you know, in uh, retirement or, or whatever it might be, uh, retirement, we might want to help, you know, our children, our grandchildren, uh, other people in our lives, right, through this this phase. And, and how do we do that is a good conversation, you know, when it comes. And when do we do that? You know, our assets have grown, you know, our debts are low. And how do we, 
you know, transfer or help our families uh, in uh, in that circumstance. You know, there's the conversation that there's, you know, $6 trillion worth of wealth and value about to transfer over the next 20 years between um, between age groups, which is going to be pretty interesting. So it's that conversation with the the four pieces above that we probably need to consider as we go into the future. There you go. Anyway, quick recap on the migration of money. Hopefully uh, it made sense or reinforce where we're at. Some things to consider as property investors. So Wealth Coffee Chat done and dusted, folks. Thanks for hanging out. Good to see you. Join me tomorrow for another one if you're up for it. Thanks for joining. And uh, till then, you guys take care. Bye for now.